Uh. Yeah. It's real. We We're it real. Back. Welcome to Greasy Conversation on RadioVegas.rocks, the dank news talk show where we pull up live on video at greasyconversation.com. Also replay there if you're doing the audio version right now. And you don't even have to look at the video. You can go to our news notes and see links to the actual articles and their videos that we're citing. So we're open source. There's all kinds of Easter eggs in our news notes. Just go to greasyconversation.com. Greasy Conversation. If you haven't uh, like put the spelling together yet, it's totally the way it's normally spelled. And our news notes are linked to the article for this episode. And uh, the, enough for the new folks. You're going to get up to speed real quick. Because the beginning is uh, the beginning of under the sea of uh, deep dives. Wow. The beginning of everything. Yeah. In the ocean, that happened. It's true. Something did start in the ocean one time. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. All right. How about uh, a body odor evaluation? Like like this is a service you can get done? Oh, yeah, it is a service. Like you can have your body order professionally evaluated? Yeah, man. <laughs> totally. This uh, And ranked? Is it like a... I don't. I do didn't you, see if they do rankings. It'd be cool to win. Like you do all this stuff with your diet and your exercise, so you smell the best. You eat like eucalyptus and flowers and stuff. <laughs> well, so the company is called Odorate. Hey, Jonas is here. Hey, uh, I love that jacket too. So we have a special uh, amount of AI in this episode. So we. Oh yeah, that's slick, man. Uh, yeah. Tapped our certified AI correspondent. To help us, not just with the AI news that we'll have later, but to just uh, goof goof in general. Because we uh, are a reaction show to the dank news, so you get our reaction layer, too. Glad to be here. Excellent. Sweet. So now I'm cutting your head off with the the article time. Okay, cool. (laughs) I'll take it. So we're talking about uh, smell evaluations right now. Interesting. Yeah, there's a company called Odorate that will perform these evaluations for you. Um, as far as I can gather, they'll uh, have you wear a t-shirt and then you send the t-shirt in and they analyze the odor. I forget what they use. Some kind of, there's some kind of device that can discern the chemicals from your sweat. I bet you it's that thing that detects bomb scents at the airport. You wipe the thing and then they put it in the, in the other box and it sees what chemicals it smells on there. That's a smelling, right? I feel like that's in the smelling category, technologically. Gas chromatography. Yes. Chromatography. It is that one. Okay. Mass spectrometer. Totally. Or the GCMS for short. Yeah, mass spectrometer. Um, I can actually give you a little insight on that. You uh, correct me, all of you all. But um, <laughs> however you get it, you get the. Uh, you know, when you look at a star, you can see what's made out of it by what is what light is coming off of it and where that light sits on the spectrum. So when you see uh, extra light or a gap in light in any particular band, there's like a fingerprint of what bands are uh, involved in what chemicals. So you can find out what something's made of with a spectrograph time. 
yeah. The details of how they get it to be light, that's, that's where things differ. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. They give you, uh, or they look for 25 different chemicals associated with unpleasant body odors. And then they give you a rating on a scale of one to five, letting you know if you should just never leave your house again, because we all know you don't shower, or if you smell like a bed of roses. Nice. It's interesting what constitutes like pleasant versus unpleasant smells and like what really those constructs come from. Yeah, that's true. That's an interesting. Because I feel like a smell is a very subjective thing for them totally. to, to rate it on a one to five Likert scale for good to bad smell in whose eyes. There's going exactly. to be cultural differences in some exactly. of these. Yeah, that's the, is, one of the first things I thought. Yeah, because this is a Japanese company and I didn't realize, but they're culture uh, does value cleanliness fairly highly and I guess uh, being responsible for your body odor is a big thing where they actually have a word uh, sumahara which translates in English to smell harassment nice. <laughs> oh I love it yeah that's such a good concept man. I love stuff like that Oh, because uh, everybody remembers those times when you're around somebody like at the gym or like in a locker room. Who's, oh, yeah. Who, or just anybody who is not wearing any deodorant. Um, or, or like when I've been that guy where like I forgot to put on deodorant in the morning, like running out the door and I'm like, oh, God, just you just know you're just harassing people all over the were, place. Were you smell. Uh, smell harassing yourself in that moment? Yeah, a little bit. But I think, like, it's with everyone. You're, like, used to your own BO, so it's not, like, terrible. Exactly. You know, you can tolerate it. But, uh... So, I always I always wonder, um, BO versus uh, your own, like, natural pheromones. Where is the difference between, like, that natural smell that you're supposed to give off, like, to attract mates or things along the, that line, and, like... When it gets to, like, BO territory? Yeah. I, I can I can weigh in on this. Really? I think that... Uh, You're a smelly guy was? No, I just, <laughs> I've given this a lot of thought. Oh. And like how this plays into uh, like romance and relationships with scent. Ooh, okay, cool. Because there's sweet spots. You know, have you ever noticed if you like take tabs on yourself, if you get scientific about it, um, there's a certain period after a shower where you like don't expect to smell, but like... If you wipe a certain area and then smell your hand and then politely wash your hands afterwards, um, you'll notice there's some early smell, that, but it's like kind of familiar and comforting. It doesn't immediately read as bad. But then that smell and what it's made of, like, spoils. And then once it turns and, like, it. other bacteria starts eating what made that smell and, and thriving and then that bacteria poops on you, then you get this, the next realm and then when other things, other bacteria likes the poop of the first bacteria. And they just latch right on. and Then they, things escalate. <laughs> that's the most intricate way I ever heard it put. Yeah, so if you yeah. like, you can be like surgical and like fresh showered and just come at uh, your significant other as a blank canvas. Or like, you know, I know people I've been with, there's a there's a stage where I checked like a chemical compatibility, just like scent wise, where you like smell someone's like scalp and you're like, ah, where some people you're like, whoa, our children would be so healthy by <laughs> the smell of their so scalp. Good. Yeah. Like, you smell like we've got way compatible genes or at least different genes or weirdly familiar genes. So like 
I think that's not the only way to fall in love, but I think it plays a factor, and I think that like I avoided. Really, and, oh, the same thing happens with um, uh, women on certain birth control. It'll disrupt the part of the brain that does this, that checks for this, and all of a sudden they'll be repulsed by their lover. And they've found it to be strongly tied to the scent and the way they interpreted the scent of their, of their other. Uh, wow. So that can go awry. Um, there's another factor with this. Uh, I'll, it'll come back to me. I think that Have you guys ever covered had it. an issue with like smelling like when someone's going to get a cold? You no, I've never no. smelled sickness before. Yeah, I usually... You can sense? I can... Oh, well, not like illness? everyone, but like certain people... That's so There's a very peculiar smell for like a yeah, cold. This can be further this way. So oh, okay. You don't have to lean back as much. <laughs> there you go. No, a popular layer of the show is how much I adjust the mics. So there's no shame in, in me doing it. The yeah, adjust them all over. And making all the mic noises that I generally love to do. All right, what's a weird smell that you guys think would not be uh, generally considered good that you like? That yeah. You like? Mm. Oh, I love this question. Right, my go-to is kimchi. Really? Yeah. So I have to say, I think kimchi smells good, though. But yeah. I mean, a lot of people do when, but like, it's really polarizing. A lot of people don't. Yeah, totally. Because it's fermented. Yeah, yeah. It smells kind of funky, but it's the good funk. I really like, um, like, I'm not a smoker, but I, I like the smell of, like, smoke. Me too. Like, I like really? cigarette smell. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, but mostly, like, not even, does, but, like, for, like, mostly in like foods doesn't have to be fully cigarettes but just like the smell of smoke that's like maybe in booze or in food hmm. like something about like the smell of smoke i really like oh that's interesting have you ever made burnt ice i've never burned my ice i need them for drinks no you'll love this you take this is probably not the best way to do it but it's a way i discovered you burn bread and then you take the burnt and like scrape it off okay onto some ice and then the ice tastes burnt somehow. It's the weirdest mind trick. Hmm. Hella science. <laughs> so, uh, I just, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're, we're not going to rush past this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. yeah? <laughs> like, who so can, you're, who burning, can... you're burning toast and scraping it onto already formed ice? Or is this going into yeah. your like, ice cube makers and you're like, I'm making burnt ice? Either way. I just want to know, like, who came up with the idea? Me, entirely. Yeah? I just Makes know sense. that other people did parallel thought-wise. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I've, I've seen it separately from me. What like kind afterwards. of drinks would you put this uh, burnt ice in? That's, oh, I think that's the real question. Super fun question. Um, I feel like it pairs with something bourbon-y or like a, jack, like a whiskey. Awesome. Right? I'm, I'm yeah. more than a fan right Some now. kind of Johnny Walker color. Well, Okay. Because they're they're made in you know burnt barrels, so it's like you got an extra Bernie barrel <laughs> dose. Yeah, twenty twenty Bernie Bernie twenty twenty two. I'm messing it up. Yeah, oh, I'll have me a, a Sanders Walker. I can totally oh, picture you scraping off some burnt toast into your drink. Yeah, it for wasn't flavor. something I kept <laughs> doing. So, <laughs> but and I discovered it by accident. It was a really complicated breakfast. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What were you drinking during breakfast that you were like, I'm scraping the toast in? Orange juice. <laughs> no. Now that is... The orange juice was warm. I wanted to throw some ice in it. I burnt the toast. Oh. Burnings from the toast got on the ice trying to chill out the orange juice. 
I mean, it just was a. Uh, but there's so much sugar in OJ. I feel knew. like that's such an intense flavor. This wasn't recently, but yeah, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I feel like there's uh, on the scent thing. Um, I don't want to linger on this, but oh, okay. have you or anyone you've known been able to smell menstruation before? For me, there was like a chunk in high school where I must have been just like bonus puberty. Because like, I had this sense in like up into my early 20s, but I don't think I have it anymore. Unless I really love someone, then I bet I could like tune in on them. Because I don't have the best sense of smell. It just like pops up. Okay. Like I Not know to- <laughs> animals can sense blood, you know, that, that joke, like the bear smell, the menstruation. Um, yeah, like I think that's really a thing, but I think it might not be that, but it might be like a, a body scent of that time period also signaling because there's all kinds of primal signals that we don't like use anymore yeah, consciously, totally yeah. but they happen and they, uh, so you can sit. So during puberty, your awareness for menstruation was heightened towards the tail end of it. And like through early twenties, like right. coworkers and stuff, that could have been a superpower, man. Yeah, or, you know... Um, you should have trained. You should have trained. Yeah. There's some weird variables, too, though, because it was all people that I knew well enough to even be able to ask them about it. So it wasn't... I didn't have... I you know, just ask everyone around me. Oh, no. Like, you should have went. Like, grab you a customer. Be like, I'm really working on my, my new sense. Yeah. Is, it, is it the time? Is I'm working time? at Domino's, and I go running <laughs> from the pizza oven to grab a customer by the shoulder and be like, hey. But you'd ask everybody <laughs> just to chance. make sure you were missing one. So you'd have to be asking, like, every person you saw yeah. and be like, I knew it. I knew you, I knew you weren't there yet. Give it two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell what stage. Yeah. <laughs> you got about three days. Oh, man. Just to let you know. Speaking of smells... My buddies at Donut Media on YouTube just did uh, a comparison of all of the uh, Little Trees air fresheners. Oh, like Black Ice? And yeah. Like, okay. Black Ice is actually the best-selling one. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. Um, I think it's the color. Some people really like It's kind of like why Axe Body Spray sells. To who it's for, they, they're buying it. Like, I feel like there's a certain age in life where, like, it smells good, and we're just, like, not the right age for Axe to get it. Because it's got to be. I don't think I was ever the right age. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's a there's an Old Spice, like, family line, though, too. Like, uh, whatever your first girlfriend's dad smelled like affects your smell for, like, a big chunk Wait. of your life. Because your first girlfriend will, like, train you how to smell, and she'll generally pattern it off of her dad. So, like, my first girlfriend that I had for, like, a, a significant chunk of time, like, first, like, committed relationship, mm-hmm. like, her first, like, event gift to me uh, was, like, an Old Spice kit. Holla, That's Laura. All right, so I have to I have to ask if there was a sixth sense, like one after the ones we had, like what do you think it would be? Supposedly, uh, taste, not taste, but there's another taste. I don't know. What oh I no, I'm not talking be? about like the different kinds of tastes that are out there. I'm just saying, like, if, yeah. you, if you could think of something besides like sight and touch, like what would and I sound? Got. Like, where would your mind go first to some other way to experience your surroundings? This is a really fun question. Damn. I would love to see other chunks of the electromagnetic spectrum for sure. 
Like but the, like, but detect how would radio you experience, waves? Like, I'm like yeah, yeah, to yeah. me that sounds more like a seeing thing. But I want to say like, how would you feel like you'd be experiencing them? Sound, especially like uh, patterns of nearby frequencies, we understand the best through our sense of sound. Mm-hmm. Now, like vision, you can see colors blend, but it's not as complicated over time. Like if you see a color shift in time, uh, you're nowhere near as uh, attuned to it as when you hear like a chord shift in time. And that can be as subtle of a combination of frequencies. So we're way better at understanding the mathematical relationships between frequencies in hearing than we are in vision. Because we, we take it completely for granted. We see it as just like, oh, those are harmonious or those are not. Uh, when really there's complicated math happening with that to, to, to compare. Uh, it's kind of like a polyrhythm of like three, four, how it's like pass the goddamn butter, pass the goddamn butter. <laughs> the, when they come together, um, it's easy to like count and be like, oh, at one point your hands do the same thing. One. And then it's the two hands at once thing. Um, when you hear chords and chord relationships, it's that at a crazy high frequencies that you couldn't count and figure it out, but your brain does and gives you a, a perception of tone. Then it's the weirdest thing. So I feel like that's what we do with radio waves. Like you'd hear the carrier tone and you'd hear all kinds of, it'd probably be really annoying though. Cause it'd sound like a fax modem. <laughs> so all I just hear a screeching fax modem all the time with all the radio data. Cause it's all digital. Okay. So, this is the worst sense I could wish upon anyone. But, uh, <laughs> but was, um, that's more of a, a superpower just to me. Cause then you're just hearing something that nobody else can hear and yeah. you're still working within the realm of what we've already perceived to be the five senses we have. Uh-huh. So I'm just wondering like, is there anything that you yeah, can wrap can your mind, further. if you can wrap your mind around it, not just like a superpower of a sense, like, like a but way of, what, of interpreting of ex- it. Yeah, a different way of experiencing something. Nice. What about like, like you emotionally? You're like being oh. able to accurately like experience time, like not in the way we perceive time, but and like what, how time actually moves. I guess I don't know. It's hard to explain. While you're pondering that, shout out to limited edition. Shout out to Australia. What yeah. up, Brian? Brian's like, like one of my assistants. Sense. Yeah. Like a sense <laughs> of <laughs> aging. Like you just feel yourself getting old. Just keep getting older. That'd be pretty interesting. Yeah, Brian yeah, says right. hi. What's, what's your... Thank goodness you're I just here, thought Buck. about it. Because I, I couldn't really... Remote I was trying to think of some Buck. other way to try to what experience up, something. Because like, yeah. last time I was here was all about like vision and like touch. Like that's everything we're talking about was like seeing things and being able to touch. And right now we're talking about smell and hearing. And I'm just like... What would another sense be? Like, another experience of a sense too because like we have these words for ways that our brain takes in data and categorizes mm-hmm. in a certain way so this is all just data entry um categorized different ways by us and what what could be like another category that it would probably be related to some emotion i'm thinking like like some obscure emotion like there's a certain kind of like melancholy where you're kind of half happy i wonder if you'd feel like um or if it could be like an itch in a certain imaginary part, like, oh, I just feel like, you know, like a, the feeling of ASMR, how it's described as like a tingle in the scalp, so to speak, or at the base of the spine. And uh, what if you got some kind of interesting kind of tingle like that when you're just like, oh, I, I sense danger. I've got that tingle, yeah, that bat tingle. Something like that. 
But also, it's like it's even difficult to talk about because, yeah, because we don't we don't have the, the touch. We don't have the words for we it. We don't have the words for it. Yeah, we're no. like really. But then it's like there's another layer of that where like being limited in the language to actually describe things like actually limits your ability to think about it in any concrete way because we're all, I mean, we're yeah. trying to come up with ideas and like how would you even verbalize it yeah. or even come to the yeah or even be a thought a, around it yeah. I know that's where my mind immediately went when I sat down here it's like you need like a new organ and all that I think I all know. the time about what is crispy like there's an eating crispy there's like a video crispy like oh you can all see right. harsh edges when something's soft there's no edges so crispy obviously opposite of soft or a sound that's crispy Ooh, or no, that's too crispy. I'm like cutting my fingers on that sound. And you've got these overlapping descriptions. That's where we could talk about this other sense a little bit. Like, uh, what if it was when you just detected water nearby? Uh, plants can supposedly perceive the sound of water and will grow towards a speaker playing water sounds, which <laughs> blows my mind. That's more than just the chemical detection of like water having a certain kind of smell to it. Mm -hmm. So certain things being in it. What if you're just like I'm feeling wet, like you perceive wetness, but there's no wetness on you just because there's water nearby. I like it. That's cool. Wait, way to bring it there. Yeah. <laughs> Dig it. Should we take our first? Uh... Yeah. Before we do, though, hit your volume up on that machine uh, a couple of times because I put it at a different place than usual. Just go like three or four notches from the top. All right. Now let's Bob Thornton, everybody. Let's give Ireland the soap it deserves. Introducing Dr. Squatch's Irish Cream and Whiskey Soap. Smooth and natural, like dropping a shot of whiskey and cream into a stout beer. You'll smell like a crisp, clean Irish morning with scents of whiskey and muck. With ingredients like potato water, reshi mushroom, milk thistle, Irish moss and stout beer. You'll feel like you're out celebrating with your lads at the pub. Hey guys, listen up. Receive 20% off all orders, $20 or more, at Dr. Squatch when you use coupon code RVR20. Whoa there, cowboy. Is your love life drier than a June sagebrush poking pricklies on a desert cattle's bunghole? Well, look no further, fella. The cavalry has arrived. Spunk lube. That's right, spunk lube. This ain't your average romance jelly jam. Whether you're sharing a tan up and broke back or flying solo, Tonto, Spunk Lube will have you slinging your Cyclops and whistling out your Dixie. For group parties playing cowboys and Indians or just a quick one around in the chamber, Spunk Lube gets you hydrated for those long rides of bumping uglies into the sunset. Don't put a bounty on your head. Drizzle Spunk Lube instead. That's Spunk Lube, partner. Sudden crash and calorie, low carb, vitamin B, the healthy energy mix. Zip fizz. Grape zip fizz. Kind of gave me the idea sitting in a pool on one of them little floaty things with something nice on the side of me. You know, feeding me grapes or something. You know, grape zip fizz. Zip fizz energy. No sudden crash and calorie, low carb, vitamin B, the healthy energy mix. Zip fizz. Hi, my 
name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they are able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-918-7169. 800-918-7169. That's 800-918-7169. Hey, it's Chairman James Riley from Rockabilly and Blues Radio Hour. And this is Beth Riley from Boppin' with Beth. Now you can listen to my wife Beth here on RadioVegas.rocks on Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Pacific for a focus beam artist, their influences and peers, and more. And you can listen to my husband James on Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific for modern and vintage rockabilly, blues, and whatever else you can get away with. Now I promise you, you'll like Boppin' with Beth better. No way, they'll like Rockabilly and Blues Radio Hour better. Boppin' with Beth. Rockabilly and Blues. I'm telling you, Boppin' with Beth. Be sure to get your mix of music, listen to us with the RadioVegas.rocks app available at the App Store, and check out our VIP card, interact with us in our chat room, and scheduling of our RadioVegas.rocks shows, plus podcasts. It's all available on RadioVegas.rocks app. And we're back. This is Greasy Conversation on RadioVegas.rocks, period rocks, dot. Yeah, I, I like to say dot but we're not going to enforce it, right? You know, say like Radio Vegas Decimal Rocks. <laughs> All right, can we talk about this new blue? There's been a new blue pigment. New, new blue. Which like, I don't know, I have a weird uh, obsession with the color blue, I guess. Like, Is it your favorite? Yeah, it is. Are we talking light, dark, electric? What what blue shade is your favorite? And when did it change most recently? Royal blue. Royal. But this is Yinmin blue, it's called. Can, uh, can you tell the difference by looking at it? I mean, I, I don't know. If you had this in, like, a similar blue, I mean, I probably couldn't pick them out of a lineup. But the I'm also, special? like, blind. This is not like the frequency. We're, we're all of wearing the, glasses right now. So. Yeah, none of us are like <laughs> super good at seeing. Yeah. I think that like I'm almost girl level good at detecting color though. I think I've got pretty decent color separation time. I feel like I exercised it when I was young, so I'm like stronger at it, which probably is completely untrue. Excuse me. That was pretty exciting. Oh, yeah. You have to make your burps exciting on this show. Oh, so I didn't. Okay. You want people to fear your life rather than be disgusted. Like, oh, man, is he okay? Was that safe for him? Rather than being like, ew, what a gross noise. They'd be like, oh, no. A lot of things in life can <laughs> work like that. <laughs> so fear. Yeah. Like, if you're concerned about someone, you're way less judgy of them. So. Uh, I take that back. Pity. Well. <laughs> Yeah, pity Fear plays a pity. role, but I feel like you can you can play that pity card too hard, and um, I don't know, it's, it's it's not my flavor. You know, I like to be more. 
I think someone being afraid if I'm okay is different than pitying me. And I, it's important to me to differentiate that. <laughs> yeah, like right. I, one is more of an active concern and one is more of like, you know, you can pity someone and, and it's more passive. Like I want active concern about my safety. All right, so next burp's got to be 10 times louder. Yeah, or... or the next scream. Or fall. Scream burp. It's more of a scream, yeah. It has to be the, the more interpreted as... Uh, like a cry. I want to hear a guttural scurp, like real, real deep. <laughs> like, <laughs> These are the kind of things that make Jay ask about my show later. Yeah. <laughs> I think I saw him sleeping while Perfect. I walked by. Not, Not anymore. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. So this blue is less of a certain spectrum. It looks a little neon to me. It looks like I a know. neon color. I feel like it would glow in black light. Yeah, something about the way the light's popping off of it. Yeah, but it... it what it's made out of, it absorbs more red and green light and then reflects more blue light, which is why it's so bright. And that's what's special about it, is what it's made out of. It's been 200 years since we've found a new way to make a pigment uh, in blue, a new uh, chemical or material or molecule. So this molecule got discovered by accident, and then now it's being marketed as a new way to... Um, uh, to bluetize things, to pig, to pigment, to colorate, you know. Yeah, it was actually discovered. I think the, what is it made out of? It's made yttrium, out of uh, yttrium one. and what? Mn Minnesota. What what chemical is that? It tells manganese. me here. Manganese. But uh, that like it was discovered Flashman's like ten years manganese. ago. But it's just been in the process of uh, being like approved to be sale sold to the public. Which it now is, and uh, it's like it's like a hundred and seven bucks for like a little for a one point three ounce tube, a hundred and seventy nine dollars for a one point three ounce tube of that paint. Like, damn, that's what it is now. But you know, things things. I think go we down. should um, go a little more back in time. I don't know. I remember when I was in uh, Florence and I was at this uh, monastery where they were making books. Mm -hmm. um, nice. And they had all of these old school ways of them actually creating the pages and creating all of the colors oh, wow. and uh, the different minerals and stones that they would grind to actually create colors. was. Wow. Um, and there was no way that would be costing $179 gram <laughs> using the stones. Yeah, yeah, totally. Nah, clearly there's other ways to do it. But if you want that cutting edge new blue, you know what I see this going into, honestly, is uh, there's ways of uh, adding a layer to a display to get truer color. You wouldn't think knowing that, okay, you've got this ba uh, backlight that's supposed to be uh -huh. trying to be white, and then you've got these um, three different colors of lenses that you can turn on and off or dim them, and then you blend your colors of pixels that way. But now there's often another layer yet that does some color changing to it to help it like fill in the gaps or there'll be more than one, more than three colors of sub pixel. Mm -hmm. It's crazy how that's going on in display tech. So I, I can see it going into there to have more control over. You know, we, we're not. So it's less of a, you know, the minerals that people die over and stuff. There might be conflict minerals that we can avoid with this blue, maybe. The minerals people die over. That's a stretch. I love it. Uh, first private crew will visit the space station. All right. It's funny that you'd think that would have happened by now. They would at least like toss another teacher up there or something. Yeah. 
Um, but this is, it's going to cost 55 million each person. It's a four person crew. One, one is a former astronaut. Um, then the rest are, I don't know, some rich fucks or something. Oh, no, I'm but, pretty uh, sure it's 100% rich fucks. Oh, you mentioned an astronaut. Maybe they're not. I don't know how. I, I, I you know, you assume astronauts are rich, but you know, you know how they. Who knows how they manage it? Does money even work in space? Not yet. There you go. We haven't. We haven't blessed the galaxy with the uh, the good word of capitalism. When we have a cis lunar economy. Yeah, man. Have you heard about the cis lunar economy? No, I have not. It's the. It's going to be everyday language and the next 10 or 20 years for us and we'll be like wow remember then that was a new term it was, but like remember when it felt weird to say internet that's what it'll be like to say cis lunar economy uh and b before long and it's just the concept of commerce and money being made uh between the moon and the earth through like mining and tourism initially and research and there's also products that are difficult to make with gravity for example, I'm forgetting what it's called in this moment, but we reported on it previously, a material, it's like a way of refining titanium or something, that when you do it in space, you have way less impurities form. And so you can make this much stronger, like meta material in space. And a company called Made in Space is messing with that. Um, and also 3D printers on your satellite that 3D print the arms for the for the the solar solar cell wings so the solar cell wings as they expand they do it on trussing that is being 3d printed in space wouldn't it cost a lot less for um them to you know manually create a vacuum sealed where they can pull the oxygen out or pull oh the yeah and that's out? done and can't they like build in there instead the thing you can pull the oxygen out you can't pull the gravity out the only way to simulate that kind of lack of gravity with it would be to have like a plane keep diving. And even like a centrifuge or something, it only does one direction. It doesn't oh, like yeah, remove right. the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we haven't got to the point of like zero G tech. Yeah, I'd like to think I'm that a lot think of things were tried before. We've got to make this in space. <laughs> I was assuming. <laughs> sure, they've tried a few other things first. <laughs> No, I, but it's funny, like, you had the thoughts that I did, and I actually went on a dive on this a few months ago when this first came up. I was, I was like, like Wait, are you kidding me? Did they tr don't they train people yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. before they get up there? I swear there's ways we can do this a little differently. I like, I like the idea of having, like, a little lab on a plant, like those planes they do for oh, astronaut the testing. Yeah, it goes up and down, and they're just working on it. Yep. Like, all right, here it comes. Here comes, here comes the get back in your seat. 20 seconds to zero G. Get ready to work. Have you have you seen Red Bull change uh, tires in in zero gravity? No, I didn't. No, Check that was this out. Oh, the zero G pit stop. It's very much like you all described. Uh, as oh, far as oh, what this man. would look like, yeah, it's what you think. I'm gonna skip to the end That's when they actually do it. Oh, wow. It was such a production. The team and the camera people both had to choreograph this. Thoroughly, and <laughs> here's here's where it's going on. Let me make sure this is lined up for you all real quick. This is insane. Um, uh, GreasyConversation.com to see the video that we're looking at, and 
RadioVegas.rocks to click on some banners to help us actually monetize this thing because we, Lord knows we can't with the YouTube monetization. Oh, no, that was like the tail end of it. Kudos to Red Bull because they've got like a like an LED dot matrix screen going on oh, behind yeah, the them. the lights in the background. Yeah, right. and they slow motion it. Nice. Ooh. It's very, uh, very Space Odyssey 2001. My favorite part is they rotate the car in the air at one point. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy because, like, how... I mean, each of those dives can't be very long no. that you experience the zero-G, but also those dudes can, like, do a pit stop in, like, what, five seconds or something. Even if that, I don't even know. It's probably, like, something stupid fast. That's one of the things Red Bull's known for in F1 is revolutionizing how fast you can do a pit stop. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, they changed the game on that historically. Uh, just I, do like everything in zero G, just like on those planes, just start doing everything. <laughs> I uh, know this. That's that's quite a flex of like YouTube clout, though. Like crazy stuff to do on YouTube. Red Bull's like, hold hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of that, we didn't look at pit stop during a shuttle launch. A, a couple episodes ago, I popped in the notes. There was a compilation of the Red Bull soapbox derbies. And oh, yeah, those were a good time. Yeah, we looked at a couple once, but they made a, a compilation of them. And if you missed that episode, let me just show you some clips from these things. They make... This is just Crash, as I keep cutting to. They make these crazy uh, soapboxes with all kinds of themes. This is the super serious dude. This old man, Whoa. like, takes it to the limit. Look at, completely stoic, no expression. So awesome. It looks like MXC for a second. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we just have to do the dub under it. <laughs> this guy. All right, all right. Okay, well, so we... this is the Tokyo one. There's a great uh, breakdown of a bunch of them. I think this is my favorite, though. This unicorn guy is so great. He's slowing himself down with that, though. It's all right. It's for the show. He's dressed as a cloud. For the audio people, we saw someone riding a car that was mostly grass. This one is a unicorn and a cloud, but it's also like a little buggy. These are unpowered vehicles that they race downhill with, and they're elaborately costumed. And that's why we recommend taking a look at this. They have to go over jumps, too, is the best part. With these yeah, it's like a little obstacle course. Yeah, They're like half bicycle, a lot of these things. This one is a box of strawberries. Nice. And the helmets. All right. All right. <laughs> Barely makes over I this teeter-totter thing. Thin wheels. Yeah. Yeah, you see him wobbling. I see you wobbling, dog. <laughs> Get out of here with Shaking that. Shaking that wobble. Don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch me. So you guys, uh, let's move on to some more uh, newsy time you've got lined up. Yeah, how about, um, I don't know, because we got, like, a lot of AI news. Yeah, do you, is it, we should hit the AI hard in the next, uh, actually, no, we did a long break. You can go into AI news whenever. Well, there's something specific. Uh, hold on, it's, like, VR, let me find it. It's uh, this guy, uh, there's a like, cool... uses VR to, like, meet his dead wife. They, like, created a avatar of his dead wife in the Whoa. vr world oh wow and he went to like meet her that's which... crazy that that happened the same 
like news cycle as also Korea just resurrected uh, a classic like folk star hero that died young, and they they resurrected him in AI for, for his like, voice. Yeah, yeah, and he's doing new material with his voice. Uh, it's crazy. So they they've brought him back to life to the point where there's new uh, creation happening from what's... Just using his voice, but, yeah. like, yeah, which is bizarre. But, like, that's... I mean, then we have, like, deep fakes, so it's, I mean, entirely possible in the very near future that we'll have just, like, totally fabricated, I don't know, like, political leaders or superstars. I mean, there's already, like, virtual idols in um, Japan. That's, like, a pretty big thing, too. So, but there was like a Philip K. Dick book, but he wrote a book about every like sci-fi horror that can come to pass. So this person, uh, let's see, wife. I'm trying to see the article of uh, the one. Yes, this is the one you're talking about. I just brought up the the uh, Korean star. This is oh man, this is gonna make me cry. I'm like, I already got half a cry lined up to this. All right. Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like a oh, like a man. Black Mirror episode. I know. Like oh. it, uh, All right. I don't know. VR is like a, ter- a weird, weird territory. I'm gonna bust. I don't know. Would cry. you guys? Would you guys do that though? Like if you had yes. an opportunity to meet, yeah. Would you want to meet somebody who passed away or that you knew, or somebody like some historical figure that you wish you had met, like in your time, like oh. in their time? This is a really great question, but I'm utterly distracted by the fact that I just want to be brought back this way. Like, would I feel some amount of consciousness if I can output new content? Because I've had this thought that, like, uh, we're already capable of a lot of immortality as a species since there's been written language. Mm-hmm. There's been um, an ability to take someone's, like, essence as far as uh, what is perceived by the rest of humanity. So if we think about humanity as, like, a hive entity like this okay. thing that's bigger, that's got these communities, and each community is kind of like an organism or a slime mold. Each city, each even like group of friends. And if you can have a group of friends uh, bring up jokes that you would say, or be like, oh, that's so that guy, uh, there's already an interpretation of an essence of what makes this person unique to these people. And if uh, no one else can ever touch your thoughts that are inside, that experience that you have thinking about like being alive and conscious, if that never touches anyone else, then how much more alive are you than what's going to be left in those people? The only difference seems to be that when you're still alive, you're still imprinting on these people. You're still adding more data to what they have in their simulation of you. Cause we have a simulation of the world in our heads and the part of the brain that's built for that simulating is the biggest in us than any other animal proportionately. That's like the special thing about humans uh, physiologically as far as brain grows is we've got way more of the type of brain that does simulating. Because obviously other animals do that, but not as hardcore as we do. But we still depend on other humans to refine that simulation. But everything we see, the whole reason why there's optical illusions, the whole reason why there's hallucinations, which are extremely common actually, is that... that, uh, simulations going on and everything we perceive is added to that simulation first and then perceived by the front of the brain As- aside from things that happen quicker than that like uh you know snap reflexes 
and a lot of times emotional response will happen quicker than that perception through the simulation and then your emotions won't match what's going on which like I'm sure has never happened to any of you guys <laughs> um, so where I was going with that is that simulation is uh, something about that simulation <laughs> <laughs> No, I caught it. I caught what yeah. you're you're putting out there. Um, I forgot the initial oh, premise. We're talking no, about. the the premise is that oh. there's a part of you that everyone else remembers. Yeah, and what in a way that's all that you are. And yeah, and that's might be all that you are now, as far as what really matters. So at some point you stop adding to that, and then you're just left with what's the data that remains, and that's like the death as we perceive it that still has some more mortality. And the, but the best you have of having that new creation, the opposite of entropy, when there's something being data being organized. So every time you're doing anything with your personality or making a joke or something, it's data being organized and it's something going the opposite direction of the natural entropy and de decay and disorganization that we perceive time as going towards. So like that's the only way that you can talk about like or really quantify to explain to something that's quantum that doesn't perceive time uh, as going either direction or just perceives it as a dimension that we're stuck falling in the direction towards decay where it can look either direction and see decay and organization or disorganization either direction so if we're not organizing data anymore because we're dead but this AI can be not just simulating what we would do with the personality that already organizes the data that already would um, it can evolve and grow like we do and have like new jokes and new songs and stuff. Because the whole reason we come up with new stuff, that's why people, artists, sometimes their stuff like, isn't special anymore. If they didn't grow and evolve with their audience, then they're just the same simulation doing the same crap they were before. The whole thing about being still alive and imprinting on your friends new stuff is ideally away from them you've grown and evolved and had more stuff to, to base it on. So if like if you could be evolving in this simulation of yourself and able to create new art at some point, are you going to have like a spark of self-awareness naturally appear in that simulation? At some point you're going to start like banging on the, the walls of this, of the box that you grew in now as this like disembodied intelligence. You just like write a song now. Do you think you'd have the same consciousness that you did before? Could it emerge is the Could question. Could it emerge? Yeah. Um, I've seen enough movies, read enough books that I, I would hope so. Right. Because I feel that anything, any idea that we have has already happened or will happen or uh -huh. it's coming from somewhere that has. So every one of those stories where there is a ghost in the shell, you know, and there mm -hmm. is some like thoughts in the machine is... I can't imagine it not be true. Like, where do you think errors, yeah. errors come from in just regular code, writing any code or doing any programming? Like, I think there's a lot, something in that. Yeah, totally. I think a lot would have to do, too, with, like, if that simulated version of whoever has, like, an internal memory. Because I think that's, like, a large part of consciousness is just having an internal history of yourself to, like, reflect onto the world. Yeah, because yes, it wouldn't it would be kind of I mean, waking up fresh every day would be a whole lot different mm -hmm. than like, oh, I've encountered like all this shit before. And I feel like that history version, like w once we get that, if we get it well enough that it can be like this Korean pop star and it's creating new stuff, would it suddenly wake up and be like no longer a history AI of you, but like a new 
one that's able to like yeah. react to current world circumstances and like chime in on what the new president is saying <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, just was 2.0. Yeah. Like, you know. Because yeah. at a certain point, it ends up a filter. Like, oh, data goes in, data comes out with a stupid was joke put on it. And that filter can be applied to new stuff. Like, have you heard about convolution reverbs, how they work? This is an old tech, but finding out how it works is so crazy. Lay it so, on me. A convolution yeah. reverb is when you get what's called an impulse file. By say you go into a church and get a, the most accurate mic you can get, put it there, and then you make an impulse, kind of like a, a, a clap or a snap or something that like a, a slate makes, you know, when they clap the movie set, mm -hmm. slammy fella yeah. down, little, little snappy do. You get an impulse like that, uh, you generate that sound, and you've created this impulse file that sounds like what that sound sounds like in that cathedral or whatnot. And then uh, convolution, there's uh, plugins ever since the 90s that will take these convolution files. AMT effects, which are uh, homies I met in Nam and in uh, uh, Russia that make cool effects. They have a couple of pedals that will just take these files and then be a reverb equivalent of like a, a pedal equivalent of that cathedral or anywhere that you can go make your own impulse files. You can download impulse files from around the world taken from for decades and just put them into this hardware that you could have as like a plug in on your computer or a stomp box and get any reverb you want that way. And it just applies that impulse file to the sound put into it it's the weirdest thing so it's capturing okay. the essence of the space yeah in effect you anything you put in is going to sound like that space after being put through that impulse file kind of like a vocoder how a vocoder unlike autotune it's just taking the um the like you like the wah-wah pedal or like frequency filteriness this is your voice is two parts it's a tone and then the tone is shaped by your mouth to like cut out frequencies uh, besides like clicky sounds and stuff. That's always a unique challenge. K's and T's. That's why a lot of languages like don't have those. And it's hard for those people to do that part of English uh, C's and T's, but Oh, and also R's there's cultures that, that beat up on the R's and roll them like crazy. It's kind of, I think an evolutionary show off, and that there's other cultures <laughs> on the other other side of the world that just are terrible at ours. You know. <laughs> Maybe they just... Uh, to call you out specifically. Yeah. Maybe they're just like, uh, who fucking needs that letter? We don't need that sound. Yeah, it's, it's hard. <laughs> We're being efficient. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, holy crap. I... Uh, like went on a whole row of things there. Let's... Oh, why don't you tie it back into something? This... this I wanted to... Yeah, take it over. We're this done. This is... No, it was awesome. <laughs> so, I think that we need to make stupid shit to sell to stupid people because there exists a Faraday beanie, which is a beanie that is supposed to protect you from the, the, all that all nasty the G's, RF, all the G's, yeah, all the G's. EMF <gasps> radiation. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, wait, is it tinfoil? No. That's what? What, it's like actually a tinfoil hat and it's not tinfoil. Yeah. No way. But it's just a regular wool cap. It, it's, it's a beanie. Yeah, it's, it's a wool just a cap, beanie. but it's like semiconductive. Oh. And they've tested it. And uh, how? 
I want to see the test. Oh, just like I you really test the, see- just <laughs> like you test the Faraday cage. You just put a phone in it and see if you can call it. And um, it doesn't block as good as a real Faraday cage. It's not quite as conductive, but it does it. Yeah, it does a little. Yeah, it's just looks cool. But because I saw this thing on an ad the other day, and I was like, they sell it like it'll protect you from cancer, like five G radiation yeah. and all this stuff that like doesn't really affect you hardly at all, if at all. Um, yeah, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people say that like they don't. Uh, they're not anti 5G. They just think there should be more studies done. They think there should be more research done before we just roll it out. These are all people that haven't looked at the decades of research that's been done. Like the research has been done in the 90s. You've been messing with the same frequencies in your Wi Fi in your home this whole time. Uh, it's just a different implementation of them. And um, uh, the millimeter wave might be uh, more advanced than like the frequencies going on in your Wi Fi, sure. But they've been going through you in, like, government stuff and, like, uh, private networks. And it just was crazy expensive. The only difference is now it's finally getting close to affordable to put into a phone. And it doesn't travel very far. It's just, like, the re- I hate people that uh, think that just because they don't understand something or haven't tried to understand it, that everyone else has to do more research for them. <laughs> like no, what research doesn't need to be done. Someone just, just needs to. Just look up the research that already exists. Exactly. Yeah. Or, but the problem with that is, is that there's a lot of people that uh, claim I, to know about things and just make YouTube videos about them, and that's considered research to some people. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, I saw all these videos about people saying they didn't understand this, so I guess people <laughs> don't. I think you should come out with not just the hat, the gloves, the shirt, <laughs> the shoe, like the entire like clothing on line something that does the entire that does the whole thing and just sell it why protect just, just your, your brain yeah, yeah why protect just your brain like the cancer waves can get in anywhere yeah. it's like cancer waves you oh, call yeah. it whatever so you want call them too, yeah. yeah come come up with something really intimidating yeah. <laughs> scary Scare them into yep. buying the scarf the scarf too yeah, yeah some earmuffs gloves. yeah i think you need a jacket yeah oh, sorry i think you need a jacket for sure i think those would sell real fast like where this guy's heads at. Because you were th- thinking about making money off this idea, like just take it three steps further. Yeah, that's that's great. Love it. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. All right, should we do our second round? Yeah, this gonna be a Bilbo, quick one. Bilbo Baggins. Hey there, friends. This is Dan to tell you about Pinches Tacos. They got a simple mission: provide you with the best taco experience and high-quality meats, seafood, fresh garden vegetables, handmade tortillas, and high-quality artesian bread. They've got a happy hour from Tuesday to Saturday, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Featured specials: four-dollar draft beers, margaritas, well drinks, five-dollar glass of wine, and two-dollar tacos. Show them the Radio Vegas Rocks app and Pinches coupon. When you order a blood orange margarita, you will receive a free Gringo taco. There are several locations to choose from, even in Los Angeles. Pinche's Tacos. Hey, Rio Vegas Rocks listeners. It's your favorite habitual line stepper, Sober Sal from the Not Playing Stupid podcast. For those who know me, I'm all about barbecue. The problem I was running into is finding a place when I'm out of town that is one, amazing, and two, won't cut into my drinking money. So next time you're in Vegas, you gotta check out Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Jesse Ray's Barbecue is an award-winning barbecue joint that serves Vegas' best slow-smoked ribs, chicken, pulled pork, hot links, and my favorite, brisket. Trust me when I say it's not just good, it's delicious. So before you blow your kid's college fund at the roulette wheel, or marry the chicken mitt five hours ago while playing Keno, 
Make sure you do on a full happy stomach at Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Casino. Mention you heard this ad from my show, and you get a free punch in the mouth from sweet old Jesse Ray herself. Mmm, that shit got some kick. So don't forget Jesse Ray's Barbecue, where they're all about that butt. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-670-0946. 800-670-0946. That's 800-670-0946. Be sure to get your mix of music, listen to us with the RadioVegas.rocks app available at the App Store, and check out our VIP card, interact with us in our chat room, and scheduling of our RadioVegas.rocks shows, plus podcasts. It's all available on RadioVegas.rocks app. Okay, real quick, what we're talking about at the end. You're listening to Greasy Conversation on RadioVegas.rocks. Also, side plug, if you go to WOZ.LOL, I also do music gadgets and there's something that I was able to figure out with a Game Boy where the three voices have a slightly different timbre, like one's a little sharper than the other, one's a little bit mellower than the other, and which keys they get assigned to is um, pretty random. It just assigns them uh, first come first serve to notes that come in. So as you're playing a lead line or a chord, you don't know which timbre or which note is going to get. And of all the different plugins and synths I've messed with in my day, I can't think of another one where you can do that necessarily. There's some, and there's some old expensive ones where you can mess with the different voices timbre, but generally you adjust it for all your voices at once. So you just got real reliable polyphony, as they say. So I want to know, holler at me, uh, would you uh, be more inclined to enjoy this concept as a piece of hardware or a plugin or an app? That's a thing now, too, because uh, there's stuff on the workbench that's going to get to the folks now. Yeah, I'm trying to find the niches, like the MIDI router I put together that's getting developed or the uh, MIDI auto-tune thing. Or there's an arcade synth that I'm working on with Ted that uh, the next step with that is going to be PCB. Mm-hmm. That's why I haven't thrown the other units together is I need to get going on PCB design so I can have all the parts just go onto a board and the, the labor assembling it would be dramatically different. I was lucky enough to play with that one. It was suspiciously greasy. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's really Suspicious. being held up by the sound module now, too. We both need to spend more time on that. And he's a little bit stuck, so I need to kind of, like, take over uh, getting the sound module going a little further. So Anytime I'll just, like, leave it on his table. Anytime you're going to put arcade buttons yeah. on a music controller, I think you're in the right place. Yeah, because yeah, there's totally. only the MIDI fighter, and then there's not another a lot, a lot of other examples. So I think with a PCB design one, and uh, one that the PCB can be thrown into an enclosure and sold just as a controller, 
that's that's the the freeway that that product is about to hop on next because Ted's layout is where the real genius is. Kudos to Ted. But it's uh, not just the idea of throwing um, arcade buttons into a box. It's the idea that he has them arranged ergonomically and uh, the notes chosen on them are just the perfect notes uh, depending on what you key you set it to. Um, you just, they holler a key, you set it to that key, and then all of a sudden you're playing all the best notes to go along with it. And you can just turn knobs for fun um, variations and emote and just be human and make human expressions without worrying about if the notes go or not. And that's the real genius that Ted had with that. And I want to get that to people in the controller forum and PCB forum because we can sell PCB kits then too. And that would really... Get, give us more time to work on the sound module part. Oh, uh, I think it's an amazing <laughs> idea. Oh, and then shout out to Ted. He's uh, His art will be shown on uh, Tuesday of next week at Rebar. He's doing a whole collection. Oh, wow. Nice, Dope. So everybody should head out and support our friend, the Turbo Lizard. Yeah. That's his actual name. Ted Theodore, the Turbo Lizard. <laughs> on the birth certificate. Not, or at least no, just at his Social license. Security. Driver's license. I've I've not seen his birth certificate, but I know it <laughs> says Theodore the Turbo Lizard on his driver's license. That counts. That's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to hold you to whatever you're born with. That's we did <laughs> in so many ways. But yeah, w that was hard for him and I and a lot of creators in Pandy time. I felt like uh, he got in a funk, especially, and it was a really neat to. This is also another plug of something that he did but also shamelessly for us to uh, bring back a hardware set of him streaming right here a few episodes ago. So if you go to greasyconversation.com, there's an awesome streaming performance by Ted, uh, multicam, just so elegantly rehearsed on his part that I have to, I can't recommend it enough. You can't miss it. You can use the search box at the bottom of the website too. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, I have to tell him I was. I ran into him today. He was like out in front of the bar, smoking a bunch of cigars, just oh, yeah. being the man. Nice. That's funny. Uh, where did I? Where? Where am I? Oh, I, it's. I think it might be time to to check off some AI boxes. Yeah. Um, well, real quick, this is where I was at. Okay, gotcha. Um, so NASA has found a six-star system where stars are constantly orbiting each other and it's got a layout of its proposed or I guess assumed orbits, but it's like three binary stars okay. that are like linked in orbits with each other. <laughs> Your uh, Easter eggs and, and headlines on these things are great. Yeah, that's because that's what I was imagining. Like in the future, if humans ever get off Earth in a permanent way, and when we can visit each when other. When we do, because we've got to have a backup for humanity. So it's a hard when. It's well, going to I mean, be a big when is. we get off the solar system. But, but, I, but get like, into another celestial body, we got to. <laughs> well, no, we got to, but that's different than. Then if we will. Gonna. Yeah. yeah. But I just imagine, like. <laughs> 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 is there going to be, like, competition? Sorry. But, <laughs> between how many stars you are, like your your planets in? Yeah. You're like, oh, that that's cool. You one star piece of shit. 
Oh, you just have one star? Yeah. On your, oh, all right, whatever. I guess so, I guess. It doesn't get too hot, though. One star is cool. I remember when I only had one star. <laughs> but this, these orbits are insane. Uh, let me make sure I'm showing you all. There's. I thought it was going to be like... What is that Sony PlayStation where the the stars come and they go in a circle and it's like oh and then they they all drop to the bottom right? something like that like I think I'm thinking screen. about PlayStation Two title screen yeah I thought I thought they were just gonna spin in a ring oh maybe and they don't it turns out that you've got one monster orbit and then you've got one pair of them because apparently binary stars are the norm mm-hmm. uh, we're discovering that we're actually weird having only one star and not at least two or at least or, or like regularly two like two is really common apparently. Which is kind of romantic. So you've got one binary star where they're orbiting with each other. And then that's going in a bit of a ringy or ringy-do orbit with another <laughs> pair of them. It's like pairs on pairs. It's really fractally. So these two, uh, this, these two couples are, are like in one little orbit together. It's like one little group. And then they sometimes bump into this couple. But, like, they live further away. It's crazy. I like it. I want to live there. It's polygamally. I want to live there on the star. What if this is, like, how polygamy uh, is meant to work in, like, like sets of two? Polygamy. Like, you still have a, you just have, you have a main bitch, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then, like, your, your, your side hoe has a main man. And, like, you and him can be bros, too. But, like, there's also this other couple you bump into sometimes. And, like, they're tight, but they don't live as close. And, like, you know, you might play an online game with a dude. Isn't, like, isn't that, like, just like a cult, though? No, no, see, in a cult, you have, like, regular Vegas, like, I guess that's when you live, live, all live in the same building. All the differences between this and a cult is what I'm excited about, or a commune, or something like this. Because these are all examples of plural marriage that tend to not work. When you have, like, one patriarch or matriarch... And then all these, uh, like, followers, so to speak. And then sometimes the followers have, like, little relationships, too. But it all points to the top of this social pyramid scheme situation. Whereas this, you, you still have these individual family units. They just kind of swap an electron sometimes, you know what I'm saying? So take, to get all molecular with it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to science myself some game over here. Don't <laughs> judge. <laughs> All right. Where are we going? Oh, should we do um, the whole GameStop thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we, we need to. I, got, I want yeah. to hear yeah. each, each person's take on it, and I'm willing to hear you guys' takes first before I destroy them. No, I'm just, I mean, destroy add the to them. takes or, or just destroy? I meant to say, all. like, uh, drop my takes and have them just generally be better somehow. I meant it like <laughs> like rudely right. competitively, but <laughs> it wasn't very well formed at all. But um no, me and my partner we got in on it. Um I guess like oh, a, did pro- you? a few days before like I guess it really popped nice. up. Nice. You're climbing uh, a little more? Or, oh yeah. yeah. Um so we actually did all the Reddits. We we picked up like the five ones that they so were. Like AMC the movie theaters too. Oh uh, yeah, that like That's Nokia, awesome. Blackberry and then, <laughs> I like, forgot about those. Yeah, so there were five in this like really crappy uh clothing company. I felt like I heard about this too late to Naked. play with it. Uh so yeah. we, we it's gotta wait for my next paycheck. <laughs> so we played with it, um and it was really funny, like 
two days after we played with it, um, you weren't able. We weren't allowed to trade them. Were, we weren't allowed to buy anymore. Who were you using? Were you, were you going through Robinhood? Uh, no, I was broker? actually using. Uh, I was using TD Ameritrade. But yeah, they, I heard like was, all the retail brokers, not just Robinhood, were kind of shutting yeah, down. Yeah, so right? they wouldn't let us. Uh, buy like more than one to five stocks of anything and it was like really intense but we didn't get short sold on like all the Robin Hood people who like woke up and they sold their stocks for them which is kind of oh, crazy yeah. that's what pushed the price all the way down so the price came back down because they were forced to be sold by yeah by, by like that's gnarly yeah so they wanted to push down the prices hoping that everybody who owned them on the reddit boards would uh, fold and like just sell because the price would start going down mm -hmm. so they actually forced sale which i didn't think was legal i didn't think you were allowed to sell somebody's stock without i don't think you are them. Yeah. well this but, is what's in debate because those terms of service i've never really read up on robin hood and what they do but i know it affected me for owning that stock because so many people had that stock on robin hood i skimmed the terms of service and i don't remember of course i don't remember or not if they put in there the ability to do that but that's there's, an awful lot of foresight if they put that in their terms no of service. There's no way it's in their terms of service that, like, oh, we can sell right? your stocks if we want to. You'd think they would. If we ran out of, we're going to run call out of money. That out. Yeah. Yeah. If we're going to run out of money, <laughs> we, can, we can sell your stocks for you. Oh, because you don't. Another tricky thing with Robinhood is you don't own the stock, you own a percentage of it. They own it and they're selling you a little. Oh, then they can do whatever they want. Yeah. yeah that's they then they're allowed the to sell your stocks all Yeah, because it's yeah. not your stock. Yeah, but um, I, I looked back at the board just to see what's going on. Most people aren't selling; like everything's stabilized, so I mm. can't imagine them falling anytime soon. But we'll see. As of know. a couple days ago, when I last refreshed on it, it seemed like it uh, had still made. It was still like oddly high as far as GameStop too, like artificially inflated still. Oh yeah, no, it's more than <laughs> artificially inflated. There's no way a three dollar stock should be worth three hundred and sixty dollars ever. <laughs> That is way too high of a percentage to go from three dollars to three sixty. There's no reason for that. Even yeah, if it was a, a company that, whose model wasn't failing, I <laughs> well, that's the thing. They only picked companies who had failing business models. Yes, um, absolutely. Which well, I think they wanted to target short sellers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And this is like the this brings funds. up the whole ethical umbrella over all this is how much should short selling be allowed and how. Um, how messed up is the short selling and, and uh, profiting off of failure? How much should that be encouraged or tolerated as a business to begin with? And there's this whole overarching opinion that I, I've been taking away from this, that there's two factions and they're both have young people in it, but metaphorically there's the old way of doing it, the old uh, institutions. And a, a lot of times, I mean, you look at the Robin Hood guys, like younger than any of us, like the, they put as the talking head of that. That's like the dude behind that. They're, they're trying to do it the way that's been known to, to be done, um, uh, like honest or not. They feel like this is an encroachment and like this shouldn't be questioned, the whole institution of short selling on that level. And there's it, the other people are bringing up this point that like, hey, if you're allowed to short sell unchecked and uh, already questionably profit off of other people's failure we should be allowed to buy the same quantity in the other direction as irrational or irrational as it seems or not like exactly. even regardless of this mm -hmm. company's business model we should be able to buy as much as we want with the same amount of freedom and not be limited because oh it might hurt these people that were already like who's limiting the other people hurting from their short selling nobody yeah <laughs> well this is the first time there's ever been regulations in place um not just on robin hood but like across the board um they're really looking into trying to put 
regulations within the market, which have never really happened before because... Well, this type of regulations, because there's yeah. a bunch of regulations. Oh, yeah. yeah no, yeah. I mean, like, but to, to the point where... Not on this kind of thing. Yeah, to try to really limit uh, penny stocks and things like that. It's just, it's really interesting. I, I think... I don't know. I, f I always feel like stuff like this happens and it's going to be like, yeah, this is going to be the thing and it's going to wrangle in Wall Street. And then I'm like, no. Nah. It doesn't end up wrangling in Wall Street because Wall Street is fundamentally tied to the regulating. Exactly. Or, or, so they're going to be fine. Yeah. But it's being highlighted, though. And then new generations of people get involved with both those organizations and ideally might uh, ethically change things. If they were alienated on the outside, then they grow up, so to speak, and be kind of like the end of SLC Punk, oh my where God. he ends up becoming and a lawyer becoming after lawyer. hating. Yeah, It's like you, you can fight it from the terrible, inside. Amazing movie, terrible end. <laughs> um, but no. So that's what I think the, there's a hope in, that perhaps like this will be something where the people that are the little guys now that are being treated unfairly in this, some of them might be inspired to be uh, get involved with some of the regulation in the future well i feel that even though all these uh all these individuals like these millions of people on reddit mm -hmm. who are holding on to these stocks um it could last for a couple of years um it could just be like another dot com and then bust you know yeah because these companies. people got into it with recreational money anyway exactly and then they so made a ton of money and they're probably going to hold it there because they think they're and they're reinvesting it in these other really short sold stocks yeah so. Because so many people did it with both recreational money and also did it from uh, like a, a the, trying to prove something. Like they exactly. didn't expect no, the to make a bunch of money. The they whole wanted point to was get to them. Try to fuck yeah. the system, and mm -hmm. I think that fuck was the hedge funds. Yeah, yeah no, and that was highlight the, that. Yeah, that the whole idea behind it. So, so they've got every reason to leave the money in there, unless the company folds for some other reason. Well, that's why they could. Who knows what's going to happen, um, like, the next quarter when things roll mm. around. But yeah. I think there might be enough money in some of these stocks where, who knows, uh, what GameStop, if GameStop is, becomes a Fortune 500 and, like, stays there. <laughs> They're just like, whatever. They, they come at right next to Tesla. What if they pivot? See, what would be smart <laughs> is if they take this windfall, somehow cash it out some in a way that they can invest in uh, a pivot and I don't know how you do it with that name, but you can always change oh your name God. and be the same people <laughs> and just do a different business model that's actually more functional or, or uh, a virtual and stuff, like less tangible media being necessary in your business model. Yeah. No, they're they all going to retire. Every <laughs> yeah, person, right. every higher up at GameStop will they're retire. Gonna, we got quarter. a way out, boys. We got a way out. <laughs> the parachutes have arrived. Oh, damn. Yeah, if I was a GameStop executive, that's for sure what oh, I would do. Oh, yeah, really. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Later. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> You're cool. <laughs> fuck you, I'm out. Right. Awesome. Yeah, so overall, just... Uh, and it was even an, a worse, like, aspect of this is, like, these guys who own these hedge funds that were the big short sellers for these stocks, like, came out on all the, uh, like, business, like, MSNBC business and all that type of stuff and tried to, like... Make it seem like these individual traders are like almost criminal. I know. It was insane, man, because like that's just. You They're know. just doing what you do on a daily basis. Yeah. Now, have like, you seen the videos made by some of these individual traders? Because it turns out a couple of people I was already following on YouTube anyway got involved with this and their excitement and uh, like pivoting their channel a little bit to talk about this was really cool and interesting. 
No, I've only really been reading the message boards, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same information. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, like, I like Reddit. Yeah. So. I'd say Wall Street Bets is a fun Reddit's one, cool. too. Because most of the time, like, Wall Street Bets is, like, people pretending to, like, lose their life savings and then getting called autistic. And then, like, you know, other people pretend suicide. Some people really suicide. And then other people get called autistic. And then some people make a lot of money. And they still get called autistic, so it's a, it's a great place. It's, really, it's a lot of fun, actually. It, it's got me excited in that way when I first discovered 4chan. Yeah, yeah, similar, yeah. yeah back when so. 4chan was, like, influencing culture in ways that people had no idea where these were coming from. Like, all these famous memes, people had no idea that they started in this little message board. And they, they're already passe and old before they ended up on I Can't Has Cheeseburger and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> all right. AI time. We, we made it. We did. It's the moment you've been waiting for. AI time. Um, first one. AI can whoop your ass at games without knowing the rules. Without knowing the rules. <laughs> <laughs> that was so close. You knocking yeah. over your yeah, All right over the mixing the board and oh. everything else. <laughs> All over a Behringer mixing board. Damn. Good riddance. That would have been a great time. Yeah, tune, go a couple episodes back for why I'm pissed at Behringer. I won't go into it again right now. But uh, so I'm sure like people have seen the stories of the last couple of years. So longer than that, I mean, they made what, what was it, Deep Blue? That was the chess computer that beat Gary Kasparov. That was in like the late 90s, I think, which wasn't really an AI. Oh, and I have plenty of AI stories, too, if there's time at the end. That's yeah, cool. totally. We're going to make time. Because <laughs> our, our, our AI stories, boy, that's fun to put together, are in our notes already for everyone to check our sources and all that. Yours, they're just inside that little head, and we got to pull them out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> With medical tools. Yeah, but we'll prompt you. I mean, like, we'll trigger you or something. And then there was the last couple of years, um, Alpha Zero, which beat the world champion go player which like there's a cool documentary on netflix about that and it's a true ai with like a neural net and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. Whereas deep blue was more just like logic more so and like a database yeah yeah yeah, yeah database style um and it even like the way deep blue worked like it had help from grandmasters and programmers on on site or some shit i don't remember it's been a long time yeah but, just a quick layer for everybody with neural nets like logic the way i mean it, like boolean logic like if statements is how things are usually programmed today. And like generally, if you can understand how to make an opening and closing uh, tag or bracket or whatnot and just generally understand commands being inside one another sometimes or a loop opening and closing, you understand that and you understand if statements, if this, then the thing in this loop do it, you can pretty much program in most languages. Uh, and like, congratulations, you just learned how to code. But this neural net situation it learns itself. You can't just go in there and change the code. It, yeah. it ends up in a form that's not like really editable. It's an, it's like how neurons are connected together and that it simulates that to do it. Right. Okay. I've got legit uh, expert conf confirmation now. Finally. <laughs> so this one, it's called Moo Zero uh, plays go chess, Shogi and Atari games such Ooh. as Miss Pac-Man, which is cause like it's, pretty easy to realize now that like you can it's i mean you can make an ai that can like beat a human at any type of like perfect information strategy game like chess or go or something like that but video games like don't always work um that way necessarily but it just boils down 
the whole structure of a game into three different um, questions, which is how good is the current position, what is the best action to take ne next, and how successful was the last action. So it uses those three questions as like the framework for It's like as long as it can humans. figure out what winning is, it can take it from there. Yeah, exactly. Or tell if it won That's or pretty not. much how it is, yeah. It was like the... I can't remember what it's called, but the documentary about Go was really interesting because they, the way they talk about it, like when it was playing the games against the world champion, who was like by far like the best player of the game, who's like won all the world tournaments for the last like 10 years or some shit, like a real freak, you know what I'm saying? Speaking of freaks, Ange says you're already off the world in a permanent way. It's true. <laughs> yeah, I am practically off the world. Um, but... When it played Go, it would do a lot of, like, moves that everyone else thought were nonsensical. That, like, it would just, like, say, like, play a piece in the corner that has no effect on the game anymore. Interesting. And it made all these what they call slow moves that don't immediately affect the game. But it didn't need to make any other moves to win. It, like, still won. Because it played the rest of the game out. But, like, strategically put those moves in in the beginning. So, like, after it worked out all the calculations, that's what would happen. Yeah, it was, end. like, yeah. overall in the battle. Because, like... Go is a game where you try to cover a board mm -hmm. and divide it up in territory, and whoever has the most territory counted in points or half points wins. But, like, humans would probably have, might have, like, a subconscious desire to win by the most points or something like that, but the computer doesn't. It doesn't care if it wins by one or a half point. It just wants to, it just wins, you know? And if, like, making slow moves in the middle of that gets the same result, it does that. But it's interesting seeing these curves and and neural nets and i've seen this before like say in the youtuber that taught the computer how to rap by feeding it rap or like another thing was like a singing or there's a, a few there's different there's a bunch of them like bunch. where they where they make sorry where they make the video games themselves where like you just have the programs like you just feed it a bunch of games and they yeah. create the video games i have not seen that i don't that think i've seen that crazy. either i saw something oh, similar can, i'll i'll yeah. I'll look up the link for that one. And I'm interested in that yeah. shit. I think, was there was that like, did that have to do with the game Snake? Or maybe I heard the, no, the, it was, the AI. But made. basically they made it watch like a bunch of like old school games like Mega Man and like NES. And like the games that oh. it created were like really cool. Like, like platformers huh. and stuff. That sounds dope. Yeah. I'd be into that. Yeah, we'll get it pasted in the news notes later. Uh, that's a living document. So it can get updated at any time. So we'll paste his link in it um, sometime, worst case, uh, at the end of the episode. I wanted to bug you. Well, let's, what else do you have going on in this? Because there's going to be something that comes up a lot in these that I always see, and that's these curves. I scrolled too far, but I wanted to see. Yeah, now you're at, now you're at the formulas. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I totally know what those are. For reals. Uh, at least I know the symbols. <laughs> Yeah, and then you you get to like you understand the language of it enough to plug it into something that does mm -hmm. the formula. Yeah, that's what I thought. I and some of those I don't. <laughs> I have to use some calculator, but there's a lot of these curves that have this similar shape as an AI is learning something, where um, is it? It has to do with uh, how much it it compares the source material to what it's trying to create, and keeps a measurement of how close it thinks it is. And some of these, they, that measurement peaks, and it just can't perceive how to get it closer without more example information. And it, like, hits this apex. So it was crazy the amount of tuning. Rather than, like, programming per se, they would tune it by what was fed into it. 
to see how it would, uh, how it could really tell how much it was like it or not. How much it was like it or not. You're with me on that. <laughs> I actually knew what you meant. Right Surprising. <laughs> um, so one of the games is called Death Walls. Great. So I'll nice. link Death and, Walls. And, uh, um, and there's a bunch of articles about it, but they just made it watch like a bunch of old things. But yeah, Death Walls is like an AI created video game. It's pretty cool. That's dope. Um, oh, there's yeah. an article about it on Vice, and there's one about it on Analytics India. Mac. Cool. Some dropping the Vice one in for everybody. And oh yeah, that that's that's a good article. Yeah, I couldn't find that one on my phone. But yeah, there's there's a few that like show how they actually created. The, that's awesome. What, by what they were feeding it into. So any any AI story you've got going on, Jonah? Oh, laser I, hand. If it was one triggered already, throw it out. Oh us. no, I just. I think it's so interesting. I think the combination of artificial intelligence just there's something about the like language, like mm. making something that can speak that I think is the most interesting. I like video games are cool, but like actually trying to pro like using AI to give something a voice wow. and like having it like control things. I think that nice. is the most nuanced, interesting part about it. And I that, that always gets me, like, I'll play video games all day, but, like, there's something about, there's something so human about, like, the voice or, like, mimicking human action, not just, like, it creating something really cool like a video game that mm -hmm. always, I think that's even more interesting. But you should play one of those videos and see how cool it is. Whoa. Oh man! So it made little platformers. Death ball comes at you. Yeah, it comes at you. Oh, it's spooky. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> the That's way the cool. little dot is walking is too cute. <laughs> Did so, it oh no! Uh oh! There's two that way. So basically, that's like a combination of like Mega Man and like a few Super Nintendo games that it was fed into, and this is what it shot wow. out. Wow! Yay! Oh, you got <laughs> Mario, Mario in there. All yeah, right. there is. There's that's definitely cool. some of that in there. That's interesting. Or and there's a second one, Killer Bounce, right? So the, for the radio people, we're actually just seeing blocks. <laughs> it looks like squares jumping on other squares. I know, it's not too exciting. Like squishing to walk. <laughs> um, there's, so there's no detail, but it's all about the gameplay. It's it, true. It's, it's fun. And the whole look of it is already really cool. These pulsing red walls made out of one row versus three rows of giant pixels. It's intense, right? It's freaky. <laughs> you should really? check out the one under it, too, when you're done with It's funny one. that, like, the concept that it created is, like, giant red walls coming after you. <laughs> like. This is, like, breakout upside down. So the oh, little yeah, guy okay. just bounces on blocks, and the blocks disappear, and you bounce on them. And if you run out of blocks to bounce on, you can just fall. And that's, like, that's a brilliant gameplay model. Like, I can't believe... I've never seen this. Thank AI. This. Yeah, it came up yeah. with something genuinely novel. It's cool. Yeah. It's really Because wow. you get, like, bits of that in some games, like, once in a while with, like, disappearing blocks and stuff like that, but a whole game not as, like, the whole it. concept. Yeah. yeah. It's oh, pretty it interesting. Oh. Yeah, no, I've read it's this pretty article. impressive. It's good. Yeah. Or those games where you go higher and higher by bouncing off of things, mm -hmm. like, app-based. I see all that influence in this, but never, like, this combo where it's also side-scrolling. And the level design is another thing. Like it's and this like is a, all these level designs are like forever. Like I'm pretty sure like it starts out harder and gets easier, or easier and gets harder. Like you naturally would want to design a level. Like and then there's that wall of a sudden. So there's like cleverness in the level design that it's doing too. Look, these platforms go up so you can make your way up that way instead. 
and then hop to that platform to get over. Like, you can see how they designed the level, they. Um, they. To have this <laughs> progress. You mean 011001. <laughs> that fella. <laughs> exactly. All, all double zero, we call him. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm glad zero. I could share a little bit. Holy crap. Hella. <laughs> so there is also an AI. Uh, no, you talked about the one that can play a game without knowing the rules. Yeah, that's why I was like, oh, wait, do you know that they can make their yeah, own? Yeah, I haven't <laughs> seen that. That's awesome. Oh, and then there's another AI that like critiques games or something like that, right? What was that? No, there's one that judges oh. art. And then another one that creates Ooh, art. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I wanna, yeah. I wanna, I'll watch the art one. I feel like I've, I've read this before, but like. Yeah, I can't tell how new it might be. A little older of an article but there was one about i'm just happy to be included i'm gonna find one <laughs> that there was a piece of art that was created by an ai that was sold for oh yeah oh i didn't see this I, like yeah. half a mil i made something. one of my classes read this article like oh, yeah? two years ago wow yeah. <laughs> um yeah no it's really cool or i don't remember when it happened but um yeah I it did happen a few years ago this article is um um can't remember i read it this morning well, I'm like taken aback because it, it sold for a half a mil, right? Yeah, it was almost. It was like four hundred, four hundred fifty, four hundred thirty-two. So yeah. Is its signature a formula at the bottom? No, I think that's the code. Whoa. So the, they made the signature the code that they used, right? Or the formula is like right on what they used to program it. Which Naturally, like, there's got to be more details to those variables than what we're seeing in that bit. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, that what does that variable mean though? This is genuinely compelling, though. Like, I'm honestly I, I feeling it. I like the it. piece of art. Yeah, I love that the depth in, like, not knowing in the face and, like, the background fuses into him. I don't, I don't know. It's just well done. Yeah, that's a cool cool piece. The fact that it makes you, like, feel something or, and, like, leaves you wondering things at the same time, it straddles that line that uh, a lot of art is supposed to do of um, giving you questions to ask. Uh, and storytelling, too, that's a thing you set up. Mm -hmm. the reader to have questions and like want to know the answers to those. Like there's all kinds of like things that your brain is like left asking looking at this. Yeah. Like, but like wanting to know though. So there's enough contrast where you can make out actual imagery in it. Mm -hmm. And then there's enough gray area where you could get lost in. Yeah. Like you see a blurry face and the face seems to have a really neutral, easy to project on emotion. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing is like the emotional projection factor. Whoa. I was, but I wonder if it like actually says anything about an AI producing a work of art or if it's that he used it to art, art dealers saw an opportunity to make money. <laughs> that's, <laughs> what I, that's what I thought when I, yeah, no, there so. was, there was plenty of that in the, yeah. in the article. Whoa. Like, is this just going to be a new f way to, but I think it's cause it was like one of the first done and it was really well done. I bet. Yeah. Who knows, like, how many art pieces were created that just would not resonate? Or um, I, yeah, I'm curious to point. what they fed it. Like, I'm curious, like, Solid question. how much, how much uh, actual, like, romantic, for, for, for me, this was, like, Baroque or romantic period art, like, mm -hmm. was fed into this computer. So, because they're learning. Like, that's the whole point of AI. It learns, and then it can reproduce. Yeah. So it's like when you diss someone's art by calling it derivative. It's like, yeah. uh, <laughs> kind of exactly that definition of that. Yeah. So have you heard about this one where it, you tell it something to draw and it draws it yes, a bunch of different I ways? I have. I have. This one's great. Uh, are you going to play uh, right now? Uh, I'm just rolling through some of uh, some examples. of. Oh, it. no. I think you can actually put it in and um, 
you oh, can do tell it, in real it. Time? yeah you can do it in real time there's there's definitely i've used it before it's called dolly awesome i thought it had to be hosted somewhere i, I don't know. think so i think you could just oh my gosh are you excited what are we gonna do are you gonna go waz <laughs> right, o- right never, off the bat do i never not <laughs> uh, there was there was some uh, i'll look it up on my phone i definitely have done this yeah um i think i'm not sure if it's hosted right now anywhere uh, from what this article was saying what yeah i couldn't find where to uh to actually make it yeah to use it so in the example we're looking at they had a um they inputted an avocado that looks like a chair or a it was a, a chair made out of an avocado, uh, an armchair in the shape of an avocado. It was the line that somebody typed in, right? It was the line someone typed in. Yes, it came up with you... all these examples that look like legit armchairs that are avocado-like. Another one was like a, a cartoon radish uh, walking a dog. And some of them are like looking yeah, like something baby, someone would draw. Baby daikon radish in a tutu walking a dog. One of them is like weirdly provocative, like it's taking a poop and the head is a radish in the <laughs> soon. So there's only like one that's like really distinctly like inked like the outline is really bold and the rest of them are not <laughs> like that which is weird yeah like w- what influence got that one uh snail the snail harp ones are terrible that one didn't go as well that's <laughs> <laughs> no, not bad it's not bad so the why? No, we're, we're gonna we're gonna find this. We'll critique them. Oh, not Listen. critique it. We should be able to do it. Okay, holler if you find that. In the meantime, what's another one we can yeah. knock out? Because we're, dude, we're at like the last like ten minutes oh, of the show. <laughs> what happened? I, I know, know, right? Is you it know, what we I should got do? here late. Or? No, 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 you weren't late. <laughs> oh, I did want to. How about this? All uh, right, here's yeah. here's one. I found one. Okay, uh, well, it's not exactly the same, but it's called DeepAI.org Machine Learning. It's a text to image API. Um, so the the link is DeepAI.org. Yeah, there we go. Cool. Let's make it so happen. So let's make one with each let's other. Let's make a yeah. Waz first. Okay. Let's see uh, what let's see what we get. But we have to let's make a phrase though. Yeah, like let, let's make one together. Let's all make like a piece of it. Like come up with. Uh, uh, why, don't, why don't you ask people who are watching? Let's see if oh, we can I get know, some that's input. Right. There's some of that going on. Maybe, maybe we have people I watching. Just, the first thing like pops is like Waz likes. We do. They come onions. and go from the chat. Waz though. likes onions. Yeah. I was just saying. Waz, Boy, do I love onions. Waz burps after onions. Well, the burping, <laughs> the burping is hard. Let's make it like so. So let's like. Waz a, juggles onions. Uh, onion um, hi- highlight. How do you spell highlight? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> onion, wow. Uh, highlight. I think it's with a J. It's like J A I L A I. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Is that close? I think it starts with a J. It's like J, one of those little. Oh man. Ooh, and Uh, if this one's bad, I found a a separate version of something that does the same thing. I got your back, guys. Chef. That thing's uh, awesome. Driving uh, garbage. Oh, you're going. You're going all out with this. Okay. Onion, onion chef driving a garbage truck. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It just made like a weird uh, garbage truck. On a trailer, maybe? I don't know. It looks Is that shitty. like a small like food cart? <laughs> <in the laughs> truck? Try, let's like, see what happens if I have it try again. This idea it has of a garbage truck looks like just a, it's so a chunk of machinery that can't drive or anything. So weird. Um, let's, let's do some about, more. Onion right, this is fun. Birthday yeah. party. Oh, yeah. What is it? 
I did onion birthday party. Oh, I'm all about it. Onion birthday party. (laughs) (laughs) There's like a figure skater involved saving this. (laughs) And then we found Waz's next album art. Oh, my gosh. uh, For the next mixtape he's about to drop. That's one of the greatest things. No, the first one was way better, but that's intense. This looks like a slam dunk. These are crazy, man. Okay. That's awesome. Um, I was like, there's no way we're not finding this. I've used these things before. What about an exploding guitar? Ew! It more looks like a person's guts. Combined with the guitar, that's insane. I don't even see a guitar. I just see like weird spine bones. I I think the middle, that red part, should be guitar, and the the arm is coming out. Try again. Oh, this person's like playing a guitar that's part of their forearm. Wow. I think we we can do better than exploding guitar. Check check uh, your watchers. See what they got. Yeah, 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 let's see if people popped in, because Waz and Goldfish. Do it. Well, Goldfish, it, like, what am I? Who no, no, no you it? gotta, you gotta write it, like how I, they put it, because it all matters how you you did the the terms. So um, what is Waz to this AI? <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> Ew, I just got a Goldfish with an extra eye. No, he's got side. some weird things going on. That's intense. See if there's any more. Like, what about um? A computer goldfish. Do you want to try the other one? Commuter goldfish. Yeah, what's the... Ew. Uh, that's right. strange. All right, so the other one I found was uh, experiments.runwayml.com. Uh, one moment. I'm just going to put this at the very bottom of the chat, everybody. Or not of the chat, of the <laughs> news notes, so you can try this one. Maybe so you this said one. runway, was it? Yeah, it's called experiments.runwayml. Dot runwayml.com. It's a generative engine. Yeah. So made, oh, I think get started now. Hmm. I think so. I don't know. Mine went right to the page when I typed it in. I, uh, I have to like make an account and stuff, but we'll still link it in for you guys to try it. Okay. Oh, this was, um... Well, wait. We've got like five minutes oh, left in the show. Let's skim a couple things, and we've got all these in our news notes too. Have you all play with at greasyconversation.com. Just click on this episode. And also, we'll go into more AI stuff in another episode, too. Like, yeah. this will be an ongoing right, thing. Are you ready? Oh. I just typed in the Greasy Conversation on this one. Just to see. Oh, oh like, God. see what it generates for Greasy yeah. Conversation. So, it's weird. It looks like a little party scene. But, like, it? colorful carpet. <laughs> that is. Yeah, man. That about sums it up. Yeah, so uh, we got the main headlines. Was there any other highlights? Uh, I did want to check out the VR brain interface, man. Yes. I've been dreaming of that shit. So there's actually a couple of them that this... It was like way at the bottom. uh, Yeah, so this YouTube I linked talked about a a couple different products that that are coming together for VR. There's a couple new brain interfaces coming. They tend to be really low resolution and um, tend to be like rather slow to respond. Interesting. But it's something that has potential. And some experts are saying that eventually the, the meat interfaces that we're familiar with now will be really passe. And it'll be all about this direct brain stuff that... Um, is visible in like a little part of this. It's hard to skip around. Well, because that would be like, that would be the dream is just to have like a helmet or something you could put on that would put you like totally immersive 
and, oh, yeah. uh, to where you actually like felt like you were in there. I mean, that would be the VR dream, but I don't think that. I think we need the full suit. I think there's got to be the full bodysuit for haptic that. feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Either that or you're jumping in a pod. Yeah, Getting something like pod. that. Getting in a pod. Getting in a pod. You gotta have a sound. That's the sound <laughs> it's the effect. Pod closing. For... Oh, come on. Right. <laughs> that's a that's a pod closing. That's, that's like a pod that's exploding like... into space. Yeah, that's don't, play... don't tell me that's not a pod. <laughs> that's... You're telling me that's some not a pod. VR PlayStation start sounds. Oh yeah, that would be funny. Or, or this that's one. That's, that's exactly what you want to hear before you like plug into your VR adventure. Some weird breath. Oh, somebody just flush you down the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Any other uh, last nuggets for the for the tail end? Um, you know, no, we, we, we just had some like robot fishes and. I got a little panicky. We do only, <laughs> actually have more like ten minutes. Cut us short for no reason. Come on, Waz. I, I didn't seize control. This robot fish is freaking worth it. <laughs> I used it for the promo graphic, uh, and it's not only adorable, but it's cool seeing something like this uh, move around. Uh, in this example, it's moving around uh, more in 2D, but they uh, will form a circle formation at one point. They bumble into each other all adorably. And there's also a mode where they would swarm or like gather, and... You know, at first you're like, okay, you, this is like drones can already do this in 3D and make images in the sky now or like spell things with drones positioning themselves. But imagine uh, if you had a three-dimensional display. Like imagine if you nanoed this and all these things were like legit pixel-sized in uh, a liquid or suspended in a gas that they can float in, something neutral buoyant. Okay, I get so it. So that they could go up and down and closer and further away from you. They could be pixels in a display where you could visualize things in three dimensions with this. In that case, it might be like a cool way to do a 3D like plotter, so to speak. Especially for like mapping. I can out. definitely see people owning this instead of actual fish. Oh man! Wanting to purchase it... these and like put them in some sort of giant tank. Yeah, oh, I would yeah. totally. I'd less. be down for some robot animals. I'd rather have an AI pet than an AI butler. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because I feel like the first. butler would the butler would turn like he'd be the first one to turn on me. I think so. I wouldn't yeah. think of turning, but I'd yell at him more. Like I'd get so mad. <laughs> a, ro a robot butler would fail more in its job than what a pet's job is. Yeah, like the fishes and like the good the beauty about the pet fish is like what's really their job besides swimming around. It's not like it's true. you have to pet them or feed them or something. See, I would have like a robot cat that was also the butler. <laughs> like, uh, you know. Good luck training that yeah. robot hey, cat hey, He could do it. But, you know, you just pop in a little AI and be like, hey, you're the butler now. It's hard to find a butler that also functions as a pet. It's true. In some ways, that's like a, like a spouse. Yeah, this is my... <laughs> oh, yeah, no, this is just, this is just my pet butler. <laughs> It's like we're not married or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, man, I'm not married to my pet butler. How can I get a pet if I want to be the pet? <laughs> like so you need a robot owner? Is that what you're looking for? You're ready for the 
Yeah. Um, so, there, so it's um, happened. The uprising has already become, <laughs> yeah. and you're ready to accept the, your role as secondary <laughs> to your robot master. This is this is why <laughs> the, the, the fact that you said secondary and that you say that like I would be subordinate to my master or like subordinate as a pet. I feel like that's a problem with how we see relationships in general. Like when I mentioned that I might have a spouse that's a pet and a butler. That doesn't mean I can't also be a pet and a butler to them. I think you can have two-way <laughs> pet ship. I mean, think about how cats operate. Whoa, whoa, slow down. It's just you're saying you're, you're, you're switch with your robot cat butler? Well, uh, what I'm saying is uh, there's a difference in like the regular relationship with a cat compared to the regular relationship with a dog. Obviously, there's animals that are exceptions and pets that are exceptions. But for the most part, to train a cat, you have to kind of make it think that it trained you. Am I wrong? Like, it's got to be in on whatever you try to get it to do. You've got to talk it into it. You've got to motivate it rather than just assume you can, like, threaten or scare it or other ways get it to do what you want. You've got to make it what it wants, too. And in that way, you can tell the cat starts to think that it, just like uh, like how we might think of our relationship with horses, uh, how much are we, like, with a horse the, the way a cat is with us, uh, and trying to get them to do work, uh, us to do work for them. We do tons of work for cats. And all of it involves them kind of talking us into it by like being cute and nice and exchanging um, like physical communication of love. And all that coercion is from them to us to get us to do stuff for them. Otherwise, they could just like shred us, just like a horse can just like kick your head off if you didn't coerce it into being your buddy. So I get your point, but how do you see yourself in this role with your robot owner? Oh, good point. I did kind of <laughs> You paint yourself in that. such a corner that you're... That I want to be coerced. I you want to be coerced by a robot owner. I want to be courted, courted by my uh And you want to coerce owner. the robot. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. In both ways. Like, I don't... Instead of programming it... <laughs> Like, I have to do cute tricks, exactly. To get the nicer collar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so instead of, you know, I give it electricity and all that. And the <laughs> analogy breaks down at some points. But, um, like, it, 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 like, wants me, uh, it, like, this is getting sad now. <laughs> <laughs> Next topic. Oh, sorry. Didn't mean it. That was too real. That was funny. It got too real. <laughs> Oh damn, man! Like I want to, I want to have to earn now. its affection. <laughs> I want to be challenged trying to. That's uh, hilarious. Uh, <laughs> man, then we had a uh, plea, tr- plea tranting robots, tree planting robots. Tree plant- we finally figured out why wombats per- poop cubes. I thought we broke that a few episodes ago. No, you mentioned it. And that's why that one jumped out at me. But we didn't know why they poop the cubes. Yeah, and it's pretty much just like. Because the way their digestive system works, like they have a particular little hammers they, that shape it and then yeah, <laughs> compact it. Even though they're not like really cubes anyway. They're cylindrical shaped, right? Yeah, they're kind of like oh, flat sides, but they're not like cube cubes. They're I not perfect. I've seen better cubes. Yeah, I've well, I've, shit, I've shit better cubes. <laughs> it's definitely not a hypercube. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh, what's a hypercube? I forgot. What? We're talking about like the tesseract. The four-dimensional, yeah, it's a cube four-dimensional cube, cube that constantly envelops itself. That's right. 
Okay. Tesseract. We call it the Tesseract now. in the math world because we came up with that world word before Marvel stole it. Totally. It's it true. was already a thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. there's still a lot of shit from everywhere. <sighs> those thieves. Yeah, there when it, it is. When it and eats itself is really cool. I'm trying yeah, to see the, the animation. Yeah, there you go. There we go. Whee. There we go. Yes. As it flies into our three-dimensional vision, we can see it happen. There we go. Because we're looking at it on a regular screen, so, yeah. I was talking with someone else about uh, perceiving dimensions. It was really fun. Well, like, most engineers think time is the fourth dimension, you know, and scientists really go that way. But our, us math people, we're just like, oh, we'll just throw another perpendicular bisector on it, and we'll make a new dimension. We can't yeah. really <laughs> see it or perceive it, but that's how dimensions should work. Yeah. That's why we can go up to, like, 20 to like... dimensions. Um, how you have those to think look about it. really cool. What, what, what I brought this up for me is uh, I was talking to someone about um, when two particles are quantum entangled. Okay. And the idea of taking one entangled particle far, far away and affecting the first one so that it affects the distant one in real time with no delay oh. and getting faster than light communication then. And what if the reason that uh, theoretically works is that those two particles are still right next to each other in a dimension that we don't perceive? So in three dimensions, we moved it far away. Four, if you want to consider in, in time in space, we've moved it far away. In the time it would take light to get over there, it's, mm -hmm. it's distant away in time too. So it's far away, but it's still the only reason why it's able to change in real time uh, uh, spooky action at a distance is because in another dimension that we're not perceiving, it's still right next to its buddy. They're not far away at all in, in this other plane. I we get have that. no perception. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be. I understand. And if that's the case, and if all we are is data and a pattern of data as an intelligence, then you can have a consciousness over there and basically have faster than light travel, just not of tangible matter, fashion light travel of data that can then have a consciousness. Do you ideally. think that's where uh, deja vu comes from? No, maybe one of the deja vus. I'll, I'll allow that. <laughs> okay. Oh no. Now we legit have to end. Oh. You guys at the buzzer, grungy faucet. We end, but it doesn't end for you. Stay tuned or go to radiovegas.rocks and not yet anyway. Visit the '90s and those great album tracks that you might oh, have. Oh yeah, this is the one I always want to go to. Missed, yeah. <laughs> uh, or, or like your friends, and you were like, "Oh, dude, that one track is the real cool one, not the stupid one that's on the radio." That's the great '90s deliciousness we're gonna visit on Grungy Faucet with Kevin Faucet, broadcasting over from Ely. Uh, and they're That's great. True. We couldn't do the station without them. Please help them support themselves too. All right. So we will see you guys next. Not just next Sometime. week, but Tuesday. Uh, listen, Tuesday, tune into the Rock and Comedy Show at uh, five, uh, sorry, six to nine p.m. on Tuesday, because I'm gonna hop on there. On Tuesday, stick between about seven o'clock. We're gonna do, is the Craigslist price price right? Craigslist is the price right? Ooh, I like that no, game. No infringement on copyright there. Uh, and now we do it on screen where you can see the uh, the items we're bidding on and all their weird glory. That'll be at the Sweet. Radio Vegas Rocks YouTube. And then stay tuned for the new time slot for the another show I produce, which is Haunted Saloon, immediately afterwards at 9 p.m. 
to 11. And then Two Clueless Tudes is back at uh, Fridays at 5. So everyone's coming back. GreasyConversation.com for all these new Greasy podcasts coming on. 